You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 158. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. And that statement right there is why we're going to do this quick little episode for you guys today, because as you know, I've relocated from Southern California to Northern Alabama, from Los Angeles to Huntsville. And in the process of acclimating myself more to this city, the environment, the people here, I have been stepping outside of my comfort zone and going to a lot of different meetings so that I can meet a lot of new people. And I've been to some fellowships, some AA, um, Recovery Dharma, Celebrate Recovery, Um, basically there's a meeting going on, I want to go to it. And one of the things that I don't have a lot of experience with is the 12-step AA community. Um, Yes, I have attended uh, some of the meetings over Zoom. I have spoken at some of them over Zoom. Uh, I am familiar with the Big Blue Book and, and the 12 steps, just like anyone of us who's in sobriety and recovery would be, because it has been such an anchor for so many hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people at this point to start their journey from sobriety to recovery. A wonderful, wonderful world that they've created for themselves there. And, and honestly, I do truly believe that because of AA's foundation in the recovery community, seeking to bring it from the shadows into the mainstream, all of the hard work that they've done over the last 60, 70, some odd years, um, is what has allowed so many other offshoots of recovery programs to come to fruition, whether it be SMART or um, Recovery Dharma, Refuge Recovery, any of them, Young People in Recovery, so many of them out there that, that help people who need the most help. One of the things that I have talked about on this show a long time, in fact, I think one of the very first episodes I discussed of the many ways uh, from sobriety to recovery and that AA isn't the only way, not at all to disparage AA, but just open your mind to all of the possibilities that can come from the sobriety and recovery journey if for some reason AA isn't your cup of tea. And it can not be, and there's other ways. There's no one way. Never has been just one way. People may have said that there's one way, do this and this is your best way. But we all know that each person is going to take on the experience of refuge or AA or 12 steps or whatever um, their own in their own way. And some people gel and some people find other things. And it's amazing. And I love all of it. I love all of it. Love all of it. Right? If there was a program that touted watching football and that'll get you sober. Boy, I, I definitely would have attended their meetings. The way I open up my show is I am in addiction recovery is something that um, I began to feel and experience in my first year of sobriety when I began to journey into recovery. And I am in addiction recovery was the way I decided what I was going to frame my journey to be as for me. Rather than saying, I'm an addict, I am in addiction recovery. Young people in recovery, they like to say that um, they are a person in long-term recovery. Everybody has their way of deciding that they want to frame it for themselves. One of the things that I experienced this morning at fellowship, and it happened about a month ago when I first attended, and I I felt um, a physiological shift, and I felt an emotional state shift in me whenever I knew my turn was coming up. Because everybody 
at these meetings will introduce themselves as, Hi, my name is, and I am an addict. We have discussed this at depth and at length, that I am not going to identify myself as an addict, that an I am statement is an identity statement. Right, I, I, no more than I want to identify myself. As, I want to identify myself as stupid, or lazy, or or mean, or or whatever. Right, whatever. No more. I just I don't want to identify identify myself with undesirable terms. That is the way that everybody there but me introduced themselves this morning, and there is no judgment. Has any like again? You could identify yourself as dog. Hi, I am dog, and I am in dog recovery. That is whatever that is. It's not anything that anybody there did or said to me after I introduced myself as, hi, I'm Jesse. I am in addiction recovery. Um, what I noticed most of all was the pattern interrupt that I accidentally had created that you know wasn't necessarily my intention, but I absolutely felt it. When, and not only did I notice the pattern interrupt, but since I noticed an emotional state change and a physiological shift in me, I thought, you know what? How many of y'all who, are, who have listened to this show who want to go out there and tell people that you're in addiction recovery have also had a worry when you're somewhere where that's not normally how people introduce themselves or identify themselves as? What must it be like for you? And really to be in the moment of realizing like, wow, you know, it's been this long since I have done this, that I forget the, perhaps the, like a fear that might step up around it, that I might get ostracized from the tribe, that people might not like me because this is how I choose to introduce myself, that people may not um, think that I belong there because this is how I identify myself. And again, mind you, none of that was at all shown to me whenever I decided to do this. But it wasn't like I decided to do it. This is just how I've been identifying myself for the last four years as I am in addiction recovery. And what I noticed when I say pattern interrupt is that when everybody else said, hi, my name is, and I'm an addict, the response back was, welcome, Jesse, right? Everybody in unison. Well, when I said, hi, my name is Jesse, and I'm in addiction recovery, it was such a pattern interrupt to the normal loop that people are used to, that I would say a very, very small amount of the people there were, were like, hi, Jesse. It's almost like that wasn't, they, they, no one's done that, so they didn't know how to respond to it. One of the reasons I wanted to jump on the microphone is that, you know, two, uh, there's a lot. And I want to be mindful here that nothing that I say in this episode, we were to contradict other things that I've said, although we all know that we're growing and evolving through learning. So why, the way I feel about something one year could very well change two, three years down the road. And absolutely, let me stress that everybody there has greeted me with open arms and been very friendly. One woman came up to me afterwards. I would say she was probably the most senior of all of the people there and just thanked me for my share and just told me you know, how great it was to hear me talk about what I talked about. To me, it was just like what I thought was so important about bringing this to you guys is to let you know that even though I'm the one who does these shows, I'm the one who you know does the recovery coaching and the teaching and, and also does all of this empowerment workshops and, and shows people better ways of thinking and, and feeling and behaving so that they can uh, act differently and create different lives for themselves, I too 
sit in these moments where I'm going to do something that perhaps goes against the grain, and I question that decision on whether I should be the outlier. Should I be the person who introduces themselves completely different than everybody else? Or should I just go with the flow and then just introduce myself as, hi, I'm Jesse, I'm an addict. One of the main reasons why I didn't do that today was because of you all. How can I say one thing and then go off and do another? I would rather the pattern interrupt. I would rather the physiological shift in the entire room because they're not used to somebody saying that. I would rather us in that room experience that whatever. Some people may have felt uncomfortable. Some people may have been confused. Some people may have been enlightened. Some people may have questioned. Whatever it was everyone else experienced, what was more important to me in that moment is that I was congruent with who I have been telling you guys to be in your own recovery and how I'm behaving in mine. There are definitely times where I do not practice what I preach. And when I find myself doing that, I begin to dive deep, deeply inward to uncover what it is that's causing me to to say one thing, knowing that this works. I've got testimonials. I've got proof. If nothing else, you know, thousands of psychologists before me have proof. We see that this stuff works, but if I'm not implementing it myself, then I have to ask myself, why am I not? And this was one of those opportunities where I said, this, this is me. I am very mindful of identity statements. I am smart, or I am stupid, I am fat, or I am scrawny, I am, I am, I am. These are direct statements that attach to our identity. When I first got sober, I was told by those who say I am an addict at meetings that it's to, it's to remind them of where they came from. Now, I'm not saying that's a blanket statement for why everybody does it. I do not understand the motivation for why everybody does it. I would literally have to talk to everybody to find out each of their individual motives for why that is the way they want to introduce themselves. Perhaps it's just something that happens at those meetings and they don't do it at other meetings. And so they're just doing it to be part of the group, a part of the tribe, because this is the way that people do it. And that, again, is neither good nor bad, nor does it need to be judged. It is simply an opportunity to understand somebody at a deeper level. And that is what this show is always discussing. And that's a good placement for a universal qualifier. We're always seeking to understand people at a different level. First and foremost, ourselves. So when I make this commitment to be mindful of identity statements, and especially the identity statement of I am an addict versus I am an addiction recovery, I cannot go off and behave differently in order to maintain a status quo there when that means that I would be diverting from the discussions that we have all had as a tribe, that we are all having as a group. It's very important to me, those of you who have been here the whole way or dipped and dapped, whatever, anybody who is listening to this show at all, you're important to me because you sought some guidance, you sought some answers, or you sought just some relief, some respite, And you chose me, and I do not take that lightly. When I actually, you know, I mean, look, this this whole worry about identifying myself as as somebody in addiction recovery, this came out about about a month ago, too, when I first said it. It was a little different then because I was more like, hi, I'm Jesse in addiction. Or like, hi, I'm Jesse in addiction recovery. I don't remember how I did it, but it wasn't as clearly stated as today when I said, hi, I am Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. 
I was like, no, I'm going to stand firm in this. I get that this is how everybody else is doing it. Nowhere in the rules or bylaws does it state that I have to identify myself as an addict in order to be a part of this tribe. In no way, shape, or form did anyone approach me and, and act like that was not okay for me to say. There was, there was, I, I did not feel necessarily ostracized or anything negative. It's very important that I say that just in case somewhere down the line, not just in case, actually, I'm going to take that back. It's not just in case somewhere down the line, somebody from that meeting happens to listen to this show. It is important that everybody realizes that it is extremely welcoming in that room, not just today, but I've yet to find one of these rooms where I'm not welcome. I have yet to find a room where regardless if I identify as someone in addiction recovery or I just say my name or I don't even talk and I just pass, I have yet to find one of these rooms that is not welcoming. And I think that's the big key takeaway I want for all of y'all to have with this, that you decide how you want to identify yourself and then just do that. Stand firm in it. If somebody asks why, if you feel the desire to explain to them, that you're very mindful of identity statements and you don't want to have your conscious mind reminding your unconscious mind of who you used to be, right? That We all have that little bit of, you know, we've all got that little monster inside of us, right? I, th- I honestly believe every human being is addicted to something. We don't need to be, at least to me, to me, my opinion, we do not need to be reminded of our old addictive selves. That, we've got plenty of memories. We've got plenty of anchors. And if I ever start feeling like I'm getting a little too far away from the addiction recovery community, I need only pop in the podcast or, you know, go over to Instagram or simply go into a meeting and experience a newbie or experience an old timer sharing a story. That to me is what's the most important is that there's that sense of community that's, that's occurring. And regardless of how I decide I'm going to introduce myself when I go into one of these meetings, I feel absolutely confident that no one is going to blatantly tell me that I cannot do that. And if they were to make that statement to me, it's going to be in that moment where I will either choose to continue to come and and say it my way and maybe get more ostracized. Maybe I continue to come and say it and eventually people just get used to that's just the way Jesse does it. Maybe they simply say, we'd rather not have you here. I don't know. I don't, again, ever foresee that being an issue here. I'm more bringing about different scenarios that where there is a possibility, not necessarily a probability. There's a possibility for anything. There could have been a possibility that five people came up to me and said, wow, that was pretty cool. Maybe I should start saying that. Or it could have been a possibility that everybody or five people or one person came up and said, hey, you know, that's just not how we do things around here. In a universe of infinite possibilities, any one of those could have been one. Ultimately, I shared after I said it. I had a lot of people, you know, I got some people to giggle at at the funny parts. I had some people nodding their heads. I had some people verbally agreeing with certain things that I said. And, you know, ultimately I felt like I feel everybody's share has an impact. You know, I felt like whatever it is I felt to share in that moment, I feel like it came across and it wasn't hindered by introducing myself as someone in addiction recovery rather than somebody who's an addict. Most importantly, and I'll get you guys out of here on this, and I guess I've said most importantly so many times, a lot of this is important to me, is that you will make the decisions you want to make about how you're going to approach your recovery. And once you've made those decisions, do not let 
one person or five people or a whole room full of people dissuade you from standing firm in who you are. We gave up our voice so many times as addicts, went with the flow, didn't try to upset the tribe, tried to keep everybody in balance because, hey, all we want to do is make sure that we're invited to where the next keg or bottle of vodka or straw is going to be. When we step into our sobriety and ultimately journey into our addiction recovery, we make decisions for how we want our life to be moving forward. We have to just decide for ourselves and not let anyone else knock us off that block. Not going to a bar and having somebody offer you a drink or questioning why you're sober or trying to explain to them why they aren't and all that other bullshit. None of that matters. You've made a decision. Now you stand strong in your decision and you refuse to let anyone cue or trigger you off of that, least alone your own thinking. I have chosen to identify myself as somebody who is actively in addiction recovery for the rest of my life. And whatever repercussions or, or, or compliments or permissions or whatever, whatever desirable or undesirable comes from that moving forward, I made this decision for myself. I made this decision because it benefits the way I see myself, the way I talk about myself, the way that I feel toward myself inside my own body. All those other people, they see me for an hour. They see me for a couple times a week, whatever that scenario is will be. And now we've moved away from just that meeting. And now we're talking about a general idea of anytime you're anywhere, those people will only experience you for that brief amount of time that you're in their sphere of influence. That's it. You are always in your own sphere of influence. You are always talking to yourself in your head. You're always seeing yourself through your own eyes. You're always hearing your own thoughts and hearing the things that you say. You can't escape yourself. So make sure when you look in that mirror, you're happy with the version of yourself that's looking back at you. And if you're not, start doing something about it. Because no one is going to do your push-ups for you. And when you make a decision to start actually doing push-ups or eating healthier or walking away from um, automatic negative thoughts or not getting into arguments over silly stuff that you can't control or not having road rage or, be, or, or seeking more emotional intelligence in your relationships and in your social awareness and all of these things and your mental acuity. Once you've made these decisions, then you do it. And you do it first and foremost for yourself. Emotional intelligence has four main components in your self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, and relationship management. Social awareness today in that meeting let me know that when I identified myself as somebody in addiction recovery, that was going to go against the norm of everybody else there who identifies themselves in those meetings, at least. In those meetings, I have no idea how they identify themselves outside of that brief moment. I see them there. They say that they are an addict. And that I will not tell them not to. I will not even try to dissuade them from it. I will not get on a pulpit and try to convince somebody else how to identify themselves. If we get into a conversation, I will certainly enjoy asking them questions and, 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 and discovering more about their motivations for that statement or anything else they do in their lives, but it's not to judge them right or wrong. It's to seek to understand them. Because the opposite of addiction is connection. That's why these meetings work. That's why if you work them, they work. If you go there and you have that connection, you will achieve more. You will go further together than you ever will going alone. The old saying, you will go faster, you can go faster alone, but you'll go further together, 
Yes. And when you go to these meetings, you have an opportunity to share with other people what your addiction recovery looks like through your own experiences. And you get to share and tell them stories. And they get to experience for those two minutes or so that you're talking, they get to experience sobriety and recovery through your eyes. And then it'll come back into their awareness. It'll get inside their head and they will do with that information whatever they do with it. You have no control over any of that lands. Whether I pattern interrupt everybody because they'd never heard somebody say addiction recovery before or whether they're just used to everybody saying addict, I, I don't know. And I will absolutely be seeking more information around this as I continue to go and, and, and be a part of this group because everybody there seems super dope. So, my God, there's some amazing stories. There are just there are just amazing people in sobriety and recovery. And for me, it's when I just stop being in my own head and just experience the moment for what it is that I actually get to absorb their experiences, their their journey. I get to absorb a little piece of that and I get to create something with it. Whatever people took from my share, that was on them. I had no control over that. Whatever people took from me identifying as somebody in addiction recovery over being an addict, that is on them. I had no control over that any more than they have control over how I hear their share and how I hear them identify themselves. I wanted to bring this conversation to you all because I've been talking about this for so long. But to have actually, and again, I know I experienced this years ago when I was going more, but to be in person in a new city, in an unfamiliar territory, in a new environment and all that jazz, to stand up and say that, I could feel the shifts. I could feel the uncomfortability in myself. And due to the lack of how many people said, welcome Jesse or whatever, I could I could tell that there was some level of a shift. I don't know what it was. I don't, good, bad, right, wrong, not important. It was a pattern interrupt. It shifted. Maybe I just broke everybody out of their normal loop of hearing people say, I'm Jesse, I'm an addict. Hi, Jesse good to have you here or whatever versus, Hey, I'm Jesse. I'm in addiction recovery. Like all of a sudden the pattern was broken. The loop was shattered. The share seemed to benefit some and those that enjoyed it, just like I enjoyed theirs. That's awesome. We are all blessed to have been there in those situations. Again, to be able to let you know that I too experience that uncomfortability when it's time to share sometimes that I'm in addiction recovery in a room full of people who are just normies. Or when I'm going to say I'm in addiction recovery in front of, in front of a, a whole room full of people that will all say that they're that they are addicts. I feel that uncomfortability too, but I've already made the decision about that. And again, good, bad, right, wrong, whether people pat me on the back or whether they ostracize me, I don't care. This is my journey from sobriety to recovery. It's your journey from sobriety to recovery. What works for you that's what's important. That's what works if you work it. So you work yours the way you decide you want to work it. Take in other people's information. Take in your sponsor's advice. Take in your mentor's advice. Discuss it. Dive into it. Be vulnerable around those emotions. Think about your thoughts and the feelings they create and decide on the actions you will take. It's your life to live. Long ago, when you decided sobriety was your path, you got out of the passenger seat and you got into the driver's seat. You make sure that you hold onto that steering wheel, especially in those moments where you feel most that you'll be judged. And that, my friends, is how you create that wise mind empowered self that you've always desired. 
As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. If you'd like more of this awesomeness, go to jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. Every day is the best day of my life and your life and everybody's life when we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine and glow on. See you next time, my friends. Bye-bye. 